beautiful dream. Stopping the wheel. You're not the first person who's ever dreamt it. I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. Welcome to a brand new edition of Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. Hanging out here on 660 AM on this Saturday night. You know, we are living the dream right here, blasting out all over Dallas, Fort Worth, and even Oklahoma City. You're welcome. Uh, this is Corey DLG. With me, as usual, is little brother Nico. It is I. It is me. It is I. It is you. It is in a different location, but thanks to the power of the internet, we have, we're still here. <laughs> are you guys officially connected to the World Wide Web? Yes. It's actually super nice. It's good. They got fiber internet out here. It's real, real fancy. Is it? Uh, is it one of those places where internet's a utility? I don't know. I don't think so. It's still like AT and T and the whole biz. Well, I think you have to have somebody run it. But the reason I ask is because it's fiber. Typically, fiber doesn't come to like. Typically, you pay more to get fiber. So I'm, that's intriguing. I think I think the previous owners put it in. Oh, dear yeah, previous owners. Thank you. You know what I'm right, saying? Yeah. The the AT and T guys showed up and they're like, you "Said you guys wanted fiber," and he's like, "Oh, it's already here. That makes my life easier." That's words, awesome. music to my ears. He basically just had to. He loves you guys, so he just basically had to go to the box and flick a switch. Yeah, he said he just had to slap a new modem on there, plug it in, and be like, "All right, good to go. See you later." So one time I was minding my own business. Now this is back when I was like broke poor. And so occasionally my stuff would get turned off, nice. but I was minding my own business and the AT&T got turned off and I was like, well, that's not, that's not right. And like, I'm looking on my account and like my account's current, like it doesn't say like you owe us today. You know, like, you know, when you owe them, like, cause it'll show you, it'll be like, Hey, it's red, you're past due, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what's going on here, man. So I called him and I was like, did you guys cut a line or something? Like, I don't have, I don't have any AT&T, like what's up. And so they go out there and they check the box and then sure enough, um, somebody had gone up there to like you know, I, those boxes probably get messy because every tech just probably runs in and plugs in his stuff or unplugs his stuff and just. I've I've worked in I've worked in fiber for enough time to know that uh, once people start going to the same box multiple times, it gets awful real right. fast. Real fast, you're right. You're right about that. So the the tech had to go out. Uh, I guess one of the techs went out there and organized the box, and for whatever reason, I made his personal cut list. And uh, they just unplugged me from the whole from the from the neighborhood street. He was like, he was like, this guy gone. And so, like, it took it took him a day to figure it out, though, because they're like, no, we actually we're we can't even ping your house right now. Blah blah blah. That's really weird. And I'm like, well, how about you guys fix it? fix that? Like, please. I need I need to be very much pingable. <laughs> yeah, I need you guys to ping me. Ping me, daddy. Ping me now. Ooh, aggressive stance. Yeah. And so, yeah, it took like a day to really kind of narrow down to what it was. And they get out there and like, oh, yeah, you're just unplugged with the box. Oh, okay. Click. And all of a sudden, it's all back up. Yeah, I think that's like the worst part. Like the troubleshooting takes like a whole day. And you're like, well, this problem is solved in 30 seconds. Right. And I had just started freelance writing back then. And so to like. Not have internet. Basically dead sentence. It was so frustrating because I was like, you guys are basically how I make my money. So I need you all to get your stuff together. Uh, and they well, were like, guys, yeah, I'm, this not, is- I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but I can't exist. 
Right. Well, like, think about it now. Like, especially now with the whole the Rona situation, like, people working from home. Imagine if, like, one day, like, no internet, don't have internet for a whole two days. It's like, what do you do? Because uh, then it just sounds like you're lying. So, like, guys, I don't have internet. And they're like, right. we'll believe it when we things, see like, it. Right. Like, your boss just kind of, every time you call in from then on out, it's always like, we'll see. Whatever. Whatever, dude. You gotta, like, show them receipts and stuff. Like, it's <laughs> the most obnoxious thing on the planet. They're like, can you screenshot your wireless uh, router right now? Yeah. Uh, I guess. Like, <laughs> I mean, I can take a picture and send it to you. It's all red lights. Can I, can I, can I send it, can I send it from my iPhone? I don't know if, I don't know if I can take a picture with my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, it's a hard, um, that's a hard one to believe, right? Like, and your company would probably be like, "Okay, let's go ahead and call these vacation days." Yeah, I know, right? Because I know, I know when I when when the when the pandemic started and I was still in online classes for college. Oh man, oh man, the amount of times I was like, "Internet broke, sorry, chief," because I slept in for a half hour. <laughs> for the record, your professors didn't believe you. They didn't have to. They knew I was lying. It's fine. Yeah. But, but like you at least you like bothered, right? Like Right, yeah. Here's what happened. And they're like whatever. Like Yeah, dude. Like the the statistics are way scarier than you think. Like for the record, they don't scare me, but go on. Well, not like <laughs> not like scary, scary, but like like the statistics were always t- kind of like not even scary, but staggering. It's like yeah, forty percent of kids just didn't do online school, and it's like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, no. Listen, you, I, we, you and I personally, we talked about this when the pandemic started. That like moving over to internet or online when that wasn't what you signed up for mentally has got to be an exhausting experience because like you got to really want it to do an online class. Like an online class is all on you. So like I, I was working through my associate's degree. And there was plenty of times where I would, uh, you know, sign up for classes that I knew, like, if I missed the first one, I was never going to follow up on this class. Like, and I knew that. And then sure enough, that day would come and it was like, oh, did I go to my history of film theater class that meets once every three weeks? No, I'm never going to this class again. I need to drop it. But like, if they had (laughs) like halfway through the semester had been like, Hey, um, your history of film theater is now an online class. You're responsible for all of it. No, that would have made it even worse. I mean, not for me. I still wouldn't have gone. But, like, it just. (laughs) I still wouldn't have been there. That's not the problem. That class might have been a bad example. But even for the ones like, all right, I had to have math, right? Because I was doing accounting or business management. And so, like, I knew I needed to do my math classes. Uh, so like I would sign up for those online because I don't like, like I took, I made the mistake of taking one in person and I remembered, God, it's not a good way to say this. I remembered how much smarter I am than most people when I sit in a room and I was like, I can't sit here and listen to her, like re-explain this eight times. Cause the guy behind me has three questions. Like I can't do this. You gotta, you gotta zone out brother. You gotta, so you gotta get good at the zoning. Uh, no, at that point I was a grown man. When I zoned out, I fell asleep. Like, uh, true. Um, <laughs> but no, to be, I think that's just a personal problem. You fall asleep at the drop of a hat. Oh, for sure. It's my superpower. Yeah, you're, but, like, you're like, oh, dude, 30 seconds of free time? Nap. But, like, I can't zone out anymore because of that. When I zone out, I just turn off. 
It's like, you, it's like you're narcoleptic, but with like a light switch. Right. No, it's exa- It's like it. It's like I have a powered narcolepsy light switch. That's exactly what it's like. Um, but yeah, I can't zone out at all to save my life anymore. Now, if I zone out, I wake up later. Someone's like, "You've been snoring for ten minutes." Oh, like, oh, sorry, I didn't care. Oh, oh, did the rest of the airplane get bothered? Not me. I was asleep. Can you not wake me up, flight attendant? Like, <laughs> dude. How do you sleep on planes? Um, the flight attendant will immediately come to me and offer me every caffeinated beverage on the car. That is exactly what's happened the last like five times I've flown. In college, I flew and I got on a really, really crowded late flight from Alabama to... It was so stupid. It was Alabama to Atlanta, Atlanta to Dallas, Dallas to Houston. Oh, man. What the heck? Oof, like nine connecting flights? What the right. heck? It was an air train. And so Alabama to Atlanta was no big deal. It was like three hours. And it was the wrong way, I think, if I'm looking at a map. Um, yeah. But air train hubs in Atlanta, and, like, they were, like, $80 cheaper than everyone else. But the reason they were cheaper back then, this is, like, O2, is because, like, one in four flights was going to be an hour late. Like, just roll with it, bro. Uh, it's like spirit it was, now, dude. You it was very to, Atlanta. You roll to the spirit airlines with your one bag and your let's let's do this i'm ready to spend my 40 dollar plane ticket uh have you did you hear about this we'll talk about this real quick spirit airlines starting three days ago were canceling i think three days ago was almost a or no, no, no 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 last week it started last week. it's been going on for one week last weekend last weekend they canceled almost a thousand flights on friday oh why and then by monday they were canceling 600 uh flights what happened so the inclement weather of june and july kept causing them to strand flight crews in places that were harder and harder and harder to get back from because of cancellations because of weather so like there's rules right there's unions and there's rules a flight crew uh can only work so many hours in the air and so many times and then when they land, they have to be down for so much time before they get back on a plane to fly somewhere else, blah, 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 blah. So everyone builds their, their flight attendant crew structure on those rules. But they also build them fairly tight. And so what happens when there's delays or when planes are messed up or when uh, someone gets bumped or something happens and they, and they switch crews – like, I've been at an airport one time where they, the reason the plane didn't leave, it was there, it was scheduled, it was ready to go. They had even stocked it and fueled it. I had watched them put the food on the airplane, and the crew that was supposed to fly the flight, uh, somebody realized they would have been in the air too long in the last week. And so they had to swap the flight crew. We had to wait the two hours for them to get another crew in to put on our plane. Ugh. That's um, brutal. I got stuck at the tar- on like the on the tarmac in Corpus Christi for like two hours once. Okay, and see if they spend too long on the tarmac, they're in the plane already. So the crew will swip- will swap out at one at some point. Yeah. Um, and so like that that stuff happens. Well, the spirit people got so stranded and so discombobulated that they couldn't. They were bringing them back. They didn't have flights with crews to work and things of that nature. So they literally were canceling flights because they couldn't staff them until they could get people back in, rested eight hours, and back out. They're literally they're running such tight margins that eventually it all caught up to them. 
Yeah, they were running such tight margins that eventually they had to pay the piper. Yeah. And it, it came in the form of something that I think it's almost like over a week, it was something like 6,000 canceled flights. Ooh. <laughs> just, and all they're doing is they're just moving you to other airlines. Like, they're just like, okay, here you go. Good luck. Best of luck. Best of luck. Oh, we bumped you to a Southwest Airlines Dallas flight. It's one way. Hope you make it. Got to beat your gate in 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> I'll see you later. And there's so, no telling, like, yes. about people's baggage and all that. Like, I have no, no idea. There was, I still remember when I, when I got stuck in the tarmac in Corpus, there was literally a guy who was like, uh, I actually wanted to get to Corpus. Can I just leave? <laughs> and so they they had to, like, they're, like, calling up, like, like, there's, like, eight phone calls. And they're like, can we do that? Is that possible? And sure enough, they were like, boop. There goes the stairs. And he just walked. Oh. Someone greeted him in a little cart. Oh, no, it was, it was like, I think it was like 10 or 12 people that got off that flight. Because <laughs> they were like, uh, we were supposed to be here. Like, yeah, they were, they were either stressed because they were there for so long or like they, they were like, yeah, this is, this is it, chief. Like that you saved me, you saved me time by coming here instead of Houston. Well, and like, I, sometimes I don't understand airports. Cause like I said, that air train trip, that was. It was the University of Alabama my freshman year. Uh, my stepdad wanted to surprise my mom, so he did the booking himself. And so he had no concern for he. Li- he literally went cheapest both ways. And so I got on like nine airplanes in that, that Thanksgiving week. Really? Um, and so like it's just connecting after connecting. Line and on the way sucks. And on the way back, I missed connecting, obviously, in Atlanta. There's no way I was going to get eight planes on time. just wasn't going to happen. Um. And so, like, they wanted to try and, like, be jerks about it at first. Um, so, on the way there, they bumped me to a diff to a later flight. Uh, but all my connections lined up because they bumped me. But when they bumped me to a later flight, they gave me all these, like, vouchers. So, I got drunk on the flights in because they gave me just, just a pocket full of drink vouchers. Because I was really nice about it. I was like, oh, what does this mean? And they're like, it just means you're just going to get on a later flight, sweetie. It's no big deal. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's all right. What what do I do? Like, do I have to tell somebody you did this? They're like, oh no, we've got you all taken care of. You just you just go to this gate and just board just like regular. Here's your new pass. Blah blah. blah. I was like, oh okay, well thank you guys. Y'all have a great day. They're like, sweetie, you're the best. Come here. And they just loaded me with just vouchers. Cause, you know, normally people are pretty mad because they are going on trips. But like, I'm flying in to see my family, and I'm still like three flights away. Like, I don't. It's fine. <laughs> you're in the middle. You're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. But on the way back, I missed. A connection from Atlanta back to Tuscaloosa and so <laughs> at that point I think it's Mobile actually is where I was flying into not even Tuscaloosa um, they didn't want to do anything about it they were like oh yeah uh, the flight leaves at 6 30 in the morning and I was like okay well it's it's 10 p.m. now like I'm not sitting here eight hours what do you mean they're like yeah yeah that's fine and I was like no you guys Y'all have to do something for me. Like, y'all, you guys are the ones who messed this up, not me. And they were like, uh, all right. And so they gave me a voucher to like the world's scummiest Motel 6. Nice. It, was, it was like right under the airport, but all of my luggage and everything somehow makes the flights. So, like, I have nothing. <laughs> so, like, I had to ask the, sh- the-, the shirt on your back, the disappointment in your heart. You had to walk to this garbage <laughs> of Motel 6. <laughs> And it was pouring down rain. I had to get on the weird, like, smelly van thing that shuttles around to oh. the local motels. Oh, God. 
and I had to walk to the Burger King across the street because they gave me a meal voucher. Like, like it was so like it was just like the worst. Wah, wah, wah. Like, like that as movie. many as many things could go wrong have gone wrong. Kind of because like I had to ask for uh, toiletries and everything from 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 the hotel desk and like. If there's ever one thing you're really excited about, it's a toothbrush, toothpaste, mouthwash, and uh, a deodorant from a Motel 6. I stayed in one Motel 6 in my entire life. It was in Lubbock, Texas. We were, it's, <laughs> it's the halfway point between... Uh, no way. Halfway point between, yep, between Houston and uh, Colorado Springs. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but there's nothing between Houston and Lubbock. Like, it's not an easy drive. No. So we get we get to Lubbock. It's like 11 p.m. We'd all been driving at this point for probably about 10, 12 hours. So we're all exhausted. It's the middle of the night. We're all dead. <laughs> and we check into this ratty Motel 6. It's like the absolute, like, it was so disgusting. And literally we were just like, just sleep on top of the comforters. Just <laughs> leave your clothes on. That well, was... That was basically a cat nap till like four in the morning when we left. Yeah, everyone have coffee because we're leaving right now. All right, we'll jump out after this story here real quick. I remember being, I had just got my license. We were driving back from Tennessee. We were in the family truck as like a family doing it. And my stepdad was excited because I was going to drive part of the way back so we didn't have to stop that night. And my mom at one point, she asked me, she's like, are you going to be able to drive for like four hours while everybody sleeps, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I don't see a problem with that. Well, then... I fall asleep, but then they wake me up to do my part. And I was like, uh, well, my contacts are dry. Like I've been sleeping for an hour. Like, and they're like, we'll just get out of town. Don't even worry about it. I was like, well, just give me some water and I'll be fine. Like, and they're like, no, no, no. So then I kind of felt like I, like, could we pass all the good motels? We were now in the middle of nowhere. Oh and, man. And we stayed at a pretty rough one, like a red roof in kind of deal. You're going into the, uh, old people get murdered here o'clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The guy's like, you all going to stay awake all night or one, you going to fall asleep? Uh, we're going to get one room, sir. <laughs> you sure about that? You sure you don't want five separate rooms? <laughs> don't worry. I'll keep an eye out for you. Yeah, that's what we're worried about. That's it right there. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the one. Thank you, though. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> all right. We're going to jump out to a break. When we come back. We got big news in the comic book world. Um. We always talk about breaking the wheel. Someone may have beaten us to it. This is Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. Geeky Gorgeous believes that geek is the new gorgeous. If you're looking for an online boutique that offers awesome fashion, jewelry, and accessories with a geeky twist, check out the shop. You can find pop culture-inspired backpacks, chic yet nerdy t-shirts, and unique jewelry that brings fashion to the fan. You can also check them out at www.geekygorgeous.com or on the Geeky Gorgeous Etsy shop. For more info, follow at I am Geeky Gorgeous on Facebook and Instagram. Hey, fellow Night Owls, it's Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanted to tell you guys about Titan Comics right at 3128 Forest Lane, Suite 250, right there in Dallas, Texas. Multiple-time winners of Dallas Observer's Best of Dallas. Clean, well-lit, family-friendly, organized. And they want to tell you guys to come visit them August 14th, 2021, on Saturday for free comic book day. And everybody's going to be hanging out and having a great time. It's going to be a big day and a big deal. Make sure you go out there to Titan Comics. With Nerd Thug Radio right here on C103.3 
6.60 a.m. And uh, if you're checking us out, streaming over the internet, thank you for checking us out. We're having a great time doing this show, and it's been a blast so far. And I hope you guys are enjoying the journey with us. Um, yeah, big news this week out of the comic book world. Um, this is one of those things that I really, really think can be a game changer. Uh, now, over in Europe, they kind of always have treated comic book creators as closer to authors and artists than as we treat them here, which is as the guys who make our billion dollar movie ideas and then we don't pay them. Um, yeah, very, I think it's very funny how far we've shifted away from like the classic comic book writers of old. Like we had such respect for like Stan Lee. Well, Stan Lee was such a, like an icon, right? Like he was a celebrity for making X-Men and, and like, that was like, they were like, yeah, this guy makes Marvel comics. He's cool. Like now, if somebody's like, "I make Marvel comics," they'd be like, "Whatever, nerd." So it's <laughs> I write comic books. What? Yeah. So um, that's what, when actually you, when you when you get a Netflix show. <laughs> yeah. But did you did you write Daredevil? I like that one. All right. Okay. All right. I'm leaving. Um. So it is kind of weird that we have moved away from this. You're right, and I do. It does kind of drive me crazy. I saw a headline that also kind of plays into all this too. I want to touch on. Um. I feel both ways about this. You tell me how you feel, and then we'll kind of spin around and around, and then we'll also get on the Substack thing. These are all okay. big things. The headline that I read the other day that I do that I want to touch on first, though, is it was a quote from somebody. The combo companies are basically giving creators five thousand dollars checks and tickets to the premiere for movies that make a billion dollars. Wait, what? One of the comic book creators, I think it was one of the Captain America guys, that they use like his story for uh, for Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and he basically complained that he made more. I don't remember what it was doing, but he made more from that than he did from them turning Winter Soldier into a movie. Uh, and basically, yeah. he's like, "I got a five thousand dollar check for a movie that grossed nine hundred eighty million dollars or whatever it was, um, and two tickets to the premiere." Right. Well, I mean, like, I feel like I feel like a lot of people like really miss like how little some authors get paid. Well, okay. Here's my here's my first thought, and I don't disagree with what you're saying. Like, I do think they should get compensated in some way, but I don't know. I don't know when. I think these. uh, Okay. Okay. Let me focus this thought here. They didn't make the movie. They didn't write the script. They weren't one of the actors. They didn't do the special effects. They didn't direct it. They didn't produce it. Yeah, like there's a lot of things that go into a movie. So what they contributed to this $980 million product was important, yes, but everything else is just as important. So it's I don't like the idea that like, well, I created the Winter Soldier. Okay, well, but you didn't you didn't have Two hundred million dollars to make a Winter Soldier Captain America movie? Did you? Right. So, yeah. You know. No, you and, made I, and the I, comic book. Right, and I definitely don't disagree with that sentiment because I know a lot, some of the humdrum also like that came about when the the Demon Slayer movie that came out. It's the highest grossing Japanese film like ever, and they're like, "Oh, the creator didn't even make that much." It's like, yeah, but did they did they animate this entire thing? Did they yeah, write this? They make the movie like. Listen, if he just if the creator had sat down and written the screenplay, he would have gotten another paycheck. If he'd been on set to rewrite lines, he'd have gotten another paycheck. Like 
there's all these opportunities for them to get paid more. Um, right. And it's not like they just like one to one took the panels, made the movie. Right. And there are some cool moments, but there's also a lot of it that they changed for movies that all the nerds complain about on the YouTube videos. So there's a whole like, now I do think they should get more money. I understand that it's a big pie and they're seeing a lot of people make a lot of money. They're hearing Charlotte Johansson gets 20 million and they think, okay, but I, I wrote that story that they made the movie out of like, where's my cut? Like, yeah, you deserve a cut. You do. But that needs to come on the right end. Like, when Disney options those stories for that movie, that's when they should give you money. And they are giving you $5,000 that you didn't have a contract to get. So, on that end, they're doing more than they're obligated to do. Um, right. They could easily be like, all right, thanks for the script. Still yeah. yeah, listen, like... If five years from now I'm not writing uh, DMA anymore and somebody's writing it for me, but it's still my comic, I still own it and all that. And one of their stories makes it into a movie that I produce, that I spend the two hundred million dollars to make. They're going to get a thank you, and they're probably going to get a good check from me for it. But whatever I give them is me being generous. Yeah, because I mean, like. A movie, while it can be based on something, is entirely, you know, it's, there's a lot of people in those credits. There's a lot of people, and there's a lot that happens in a movie. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's reasonable. I don't like the idea. I understand what they're saying where they don't feel taken care of. I get it. Um, but I don't think it's fair to say, well, the movie made $980 million. Where's my slice of the pie? You know, I was watching a lot of those The Makings of or The Movies That Made Us on Netflix where they talk about how all these movies almost didn't get made, how it took the Herculean efforts of this guy and that guy, and it took this, this, and this to make it happen. Like, these guys weren't part of any of that. Right. You know, it's very easy to complain from your from your chair and be like, oh, I wrote that. And it's like, well, did you? Did you write all the scripts? Did you? Yeah. Did you, did did you come up with the idea or did you write the script? Because those are two different things. The script is worth a couple hundred grand. Did you write the script? Oh, you didn't. Right. You wrote the story the script is based on. Okay, well, then then take the five grand that you're not contractually owed and the two tickets to the premiere and the thank you and the credit you're being given, and then you parlay that into something. Go get you an agent. Go write your own script. Like, right. Or, you know, someone's like, oh, they're turning your Winter Soldier, and you're like, oh, well, who can I call to get on to get onto that set? Right. Oh, man, are they doing the Winter Soldier now? Okay, well, obviously... You know, I should maybe take a crack at the script. Right, yeah. You know, give me give me give me a couple of shots. Let me let me get in there. Let me let me work for my money. God forbid. Put me in, coach. Right. I think I think that's really where it comes down to is that they feel entitled to something just because they started it, even if it has nothing to do with how it ended. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's sort of the I don't I didn't I didn't like the headline and I understand what they're saying. But the mechanism for them to get paid is in the optioning, not, not when the not when the box office numbers come out and they go, oh, the movie made a billion dollars and all I got was five thousand. By the way, if that movie had lost two hundred million, your five thousand still would have cashed. Yeah, they still they still paid you for it. Like you could right. have very easily been like, oh, you know, and I'm sure they would have loved to have you on. Be like, oh, I'm you know, I created the Winter Soldier. I think I could help you guys with scripting. They probably would have brought you on, even if it not in like a bigger sense. <laughs> maybe and they might have even paid you dailies for that or like a rate for that but you know i don't but know you didn't, I didn't and you just you're, you're sitting at home waiting right. on 
waiting on the money to come in because he and had such wanna, a good I idea. I don't want to keep hammering the Winter Soldier guy because I don't remember who it is, and I don't. And I'm not trying to. Like it, like it's just an example. It's for yeah, it's for anything. Yeah. It's for any written yeah. media. Anything that gets turned into something else. Anytime they option these things, though, like okay, that's where you're supposed to get your deal like set up. Yeah, oh, that's hey, where you get they're doing. They're doing a, a, a new Weapon X movie because they acquired the X Men. Well, let's get let's get Weapon X guy on here. Right, and whoever it was that wrote those Weapon X stories that they wind up using, that's when you go, hey man, like, should make sure you had an, an option negotiated in, and if you didn't, then it is what it is, you know, like. Sorry, bro. Yeah, and if they were like, "No, we're we're good," you, you know, you got to also respect, you know, other people's creative visions. It's like, well, yeah, especially because pl- you don't own the, the the properties, right? Yeah, you they're basically they're playing on- they're playing with the toys you made, but if you're not if you're not using them, then what's the well, point? Well, and they're not yours. Like you you came yeah. in, you made like, them. They're for someone else, and then right. you left, and now you're mad that they're going to make a billion dollars off of it. Right, well, it's theirs. It's theirs. That's all it works. It's not even, it wasn't yours to begin with, Chief. Um, I, it's interesting we're on the same page on that. I really thought you were going to tell me I was being a jerk. No, I, I, as much as as much as I do think that, like, yes, these creators should get, yeah, like, <laughs> but I'm but I'm a hundred percent of like, if you didn't, you know, if you're not a part of this, so much so much work goes into these. Like, you you have absolutely no idea if you're not part of the filmmaking process or any yeah, creative honestly, process. Like, if I it had takes been, a lot of time. If I hadn't made my comic books and if I hadn't made the the terrible pilot that will never see the light of day, I might have felt differently. But after having gone through those and done those things, I I realized like it's not it doesn't like even if it just there's so many other things and parts and people involved, like no nah, man. Yeah. You're not you're not owed it. Right. It's all it's all it's all a process. Uh, all right, we're going to jump out, and then we're going to jump into this substack thing, because this thing is big. This is the second part of that story that I want to get into. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we got a little bit more up late with Nerd Thug Radio. Hey, Night Owls. If you're looking for something to do this week or this weekend, make sure to check out False Idol Brewery, 7924 Maplewood Avenue in North Richland Hills. They got 20 beers on tap, three to six beers available in various packages to go, including wine, ciders, and kombucha. They're open seven days a week, opening every day at 11 a.m. and closing at 11 o'clock on Friday and Saturdays, and then open 12 to 9 on Sunday. Go hang out right there at False Idol Brewery, 7924 Maplewood Avenue, North Richland Hills. Gigi and Mama Mary here from Paranormal XL Podcast. If paranormal is your gig, then our podcast is for you. We cover haunted locations, paranormal history, Bigfoot, and sightings all the way to aliens. And everything in between. We are Paranerds. We also put a splash of spiritual topics in. Hey, if you have any paranormal stories or experiences that you want to share, email us at paranormalxl at writeme.com. Find the podcast on any podcast or music app you use. Follow us on social media at paranormalxl. Hey, Night Owls, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio wanted to tell you guys about SKG Retro Gaming, letting you relive the retro experience for two different price options, over 2,500 video games for $199 or over 7,000 video games for $299. This lets you relive your childhood video game retro experience. All right there at the pleasure of your fingertips, all in one device. Check out SKG Retro Gaming with Nerd Thug Radio right here on 660 AM, blasting all over Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma City. This is Corey DLG with me as usual as little brother Nico. 
If you're hanging out with us online, thank you for tuning in on this Saturday night. If you're listening to the podcast, I mean, I guess thanks for showing up to the show eventually. Like, you didn't even have to wear pants. You could have just streamed it Saturday night. What were you doing? But you know what? You know what? I'm busy. Saturday for the boys. Saturday the other is boys. for the boys. The other boys. All right. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to let it slide. Um, <laughs> so this is the this is the wheel-breaking news that we've been talking about the all show so far. Um, but you hinted at the entire time. I, hey, listen. That's a good radio tease. Um, there's a internet service called Substack. Um, essentially what they are is a curator of newsletters and they run the subscription model for aspiring writers, artists, bloggers. They kind of envisioned themselves as the future of like subscription model magazines, things of that nature. Um, so like if you were doing like a scientific journal, like that was paid, like that was like four ninety nine a month, you might move over to this format and people pay the $5 a month and you come out once a month with articles and blah, blah, blah. Uh, about a month ago, Nick Spencer, a longtime Marvel comic books writer and editor, signed with Substack. And apparently behind the scenes, Substack had been working on what's called Substack Pro Deals. And he convinced them that comic books are where this needs to be the focus. Comic books are where they need to kind of look ahead and and be a part of. And he helped kind of broker some of these deals, it sounds like. And he brought on some massive A-list talent. Um, I'm going to go down the names real quick, and then we're going to talk about the deal that it, that is kind of being generally described that they all got. Uh, Saladin Ahmed, Jonathan Hickman, Molly Ostertag, Scott Snyder, James Tinian IV, and then Nick Spencer is there. And it sounds like there's some artists and stuff that are going to come up behind them also. Uh, Jonathan Hickman is right now probably one of the biggest names in comic books. He is, he is the captain of the relaunch of X-Men. Uh, he is quoted as saying, basically the antithesis of this for him was when the pandemic started and Diamond shut down for a month. He was really afraid that Marvel was going to get scared about their profits and loss and move titles to digital. And so he came up with some neat ideas that they could do digitally, like as placeholders in perhaps an X-Men universe or to kind of move the ideas further or change things if they need it to. They wound up not needing those ideas. And so he took those ideas and some other people and he's going to launch his own creator owned universe on Substack. It's so cool. It is, man. Um, Scott Snyder is the guy who's been writing, been masterminding Batman for the last probably four years. He's the guy who's put him, who's been doing everything with like the Joker War punchline. Did he do? Did he do White Knight? No, 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 no. That was a creator owned thing. Uh, okay, that was a side project. Um, it ended up mattering the main line, anyways. It did. Um, but so, but Scott Snyder is the one. He just moved over to the. Batman Catwoman miniseries that's kind of wrapping up their marriage love story situation to where it I don't know I don't know if they're going to leave them married when he leaves like so there might be a conclusion in that story there uh, who knows James DC Canyon doesn't make any sense right James Tinian for the fourth is he's a huge prolific writer for DC he's been a DC for a long time too um, these guys are probably between Snyder and Tinian they're probably doing I think all fair, I told you like three of the top five. It's probably 
three or four of the top ten books that are that are that DC is releasing. Um, this is going to be a big hole for them. They came to Scott Snyder, DC had and offered a three year renewal, and most of it was going to be on Batman. And his some of his creator on stuff has, has started kind of popping again because his name is so big now. Um, he is going to go. Com- Scott Snyder is going to go completely exclusive to Substack. He's only going to be doing creator on stuff and only doing it through Substack. Um, that's huge. That's I think I think that's probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah, I do too. Uh, now, what exactly is Substack? That what are they doing with these guys? They are still basically doing just a newsletter. Some of these guys, so Scott Snyder is going to be doing a newsletter where he's talking about these other projects that he's working on. He's going to offer previews to them. He's also going to offer writing courses, blah, blah, blah. He's he's also going to kind of show you the evolution of his pitches and how they changed from pitch to what made it into the comic book. Uh, A lot of behind-the-scenes insider baseball type stuff. That's going to be really cool to see. That's I'm excited about that, honestly. Um, Also, though, and this is important, all of these guys are going to be releasing to their subscribers PDFs of creator-owned books. These books, the authors are still going to own all of the rights creatively and all of the print rights. Substack that's, is just going to help with distribution to the subscribers. That's huge. Right. So like, you can subscribe to Jonathan Hickman's weekly newsletter for, I think it's $8 a month. Uh, what you will be getting when it is ready i guess is every month a new issue of his book as well as all this other stuff that's in the newsletter etc etc um the reason these guys all came is because substack made them an offer uh you know offer too good to refuse um i literally was thinking the exact same thing the the deal is very reminiscent of what a publishing company would do for a writer which is when they bring on somebody that they think is going to be a successful young writer, let's say they, let's say uh, you want to be a writer, you write your first draft of a novel, you give it to a literary agent, he goes, man, this is this is actually pretty solid for a first draft. He gives it to a publisher, publisher reads it, and on first read is like, yeah, actually, this is real potential here. Uh, what they're going to do at that point is they're going to find out what the number is for you to basically not work for a year. They're going to write you in advance for some amount of money that's going to keep you free of obligation for a year because they want you to write for a year. Uh, They're going to be polishing that book while you're working on a follow-up. That book's going to come out somewhere in the middle of that deal. So they're going to advance you, say, sixty dollars to $80,000 for you to comfortably live and work on your next book while they make this first one into a release. The deal Substack did for these guys is kind of similar. Um, They sat down and offered them what they are calling creative grants. The the authors, these creators, are not on the hook for the money at all. Um, But let's say I'm going to make up a number here because I have they haven't confirmed any numbers. But like, let's say they go to Jonathan Hickman and they go, "Listen, we're going to give you 150 grand up front. Here's a check. Boom. You don't have to pay this money back. We are going to keep your subscription dollars." Until we make the 150 grand back. After that, we're only going to take 10% off the top. You'll keep the rest at that point. Also, we're going to pay you monthly stipend to help cover monthly bills like uh, health insurance. So these guys, this is the best deal they've ever 
had in front of them ever, ever. Um, a lot of times in, in publishing, when someone signs an exclusive contract, they'll be given like X amount of money up front and then they owe those pages. And until those pages are done, they're just kind of floating and they can't do other work. They can't take any other work until those pages are turned in. So they're sort of locked in and stuck, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the opposite of this. This is essentially, as long as you're running your subscription thing, you're free to create whatever you want to do. Jonathan Hickman's not even leaving Marvel. Um, although there are some who speculate he is going to leave Marvel. He's actually not even writing the X-Men line. It's Jerry Duggan who's writing the X-Men book right now. So there is some kind of conversation that maybe he won't be at Marvel for too, too much longer. But for now, he's at least the architect of the entire X-Men line and one of the launch creators for this Substack thing. Yeah, so this is all, like, this is a massive deal. I, originally, I thought it was just going to be their their own books. I didn't know it was also, like, a service and their books. Yeah, so these guys are each going to be doing a newsletter. And more than likely, they're going to farm it out. If you give Jonathan Hickman 150 grand, he's going to pay someone $40,000 to make his, his newsletter for him every week. Yeah outsource it no reason to write stuff that yeah. or they already have they're just going to be releasing like notes and old like character designs and... yeah and maybe they do like a like a paragraph a week for this yeah or a little mini blog somewhere in the, oh, in the newsletter oh no i'm a writer and i have to write a paragraph i have to write a page of content once a week oh god right and like honestly yeah man i don't really think i think this is fascinating because it basically gives them the the means to set up their own little independent shops. This is, yeah, individually, this is the big time. Right. This is, this is, and it's separated and controlled by them. So they don't even have to worry about. Yeah. Cause like technically image could still come in. And even though you own the book, image can mess with your release schedule or tell you like cells aren't where they need to be. Blah, blah, blah. This is you running it. If you're happy with the money, keep making the book. Right. Uh, you know. so, Product is good. People will come. They say, right. And on, and like, and on Hickman's, there are a couple other creators that he's already named that are going to come in and write different chapters in his universe that he's making. He's so he's actually a couple of different X Men writers. Teeny Howard, who's writing Excalibur, uh, she's going to come in and write a whole section of stuff. Uh, so like, these aren't little ideas that they're having. These are big time stuff. Yeah, like this is effectively starts in universes here. Yeah, these are basic basically Substack just started like six mini brands. And uh, I saw some of the comments compare it to when the seven artists left Marvel and DC, the top seven artists in comic books left Marvel and DC together to form Image and each of them started their own studio. This is very reminiscent of that. It definitely feels like that, especially with such prolific names in the industry as it stands now. It's like you're gonna have to reload like like some of your top talents. Really right, like, hard okay. to do. Timing wise, these are definitely at least three of these creators are in your top ten every month, and they all just went to start their own books. Um, I mean, it's one hundred percent controlled by them. They don't have to worry about anything. They don't need anybody. They're they already paid. Fat check from yeah, right. right. They don't. They don't even owe anyone the money. Like this is huge. This is massive. 
Um, so while this marinates, we're gonna jump out to our final break. We're gonna come in. Uh, we're we're gonna come back and wrap up the last uh, couple of minutes of the show. And um, yeah, we'll be right back with just a little bit more up late with Nerd Thug Radio. Geeky Gorgeous believes that geek is the new gorgeous. If you're looking for an online boutique that offers awesome fashion, jewelry, and accessories with a geeky twist, check out the shop. Geeky Gorgeous will be at the Eastern Rim Funny Book and Vintage Con, a free event at Lee College in Baytown, Texas, on September 11th and 12th. You can also check them out at www.geekygorgeous.com. For more info, follow at I am Geeky Gorgeous on Facebook and Instagram. What's up, Night Owls? Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Just wanted to remind you guys about Titan Comics doing their August 14th free comic book day. This year, free comic book day is sponsored by Coca-Cola. And at Titan Comics right there on 3128 Forest Lane, Suite 250, August 14th, free comic book day returns. This is the 20th year of free comic book day and everybody's going to be hanging out and having a great time it's going to be a big day and a big deal make sure you go out there to titan comics hey night owls Corey dlg of nerd thug radio wanting to remind you guys about false idol brewery right there at 7924 maplewood avenue in north richland hills dallas's brewery that focuses on creativity consistency and quality they've got events going on all week They've got Fill the Fridge Mondays for 15% off to go and $4 off of flights until 3 p.m. Thursday night trivia and Friday night special beer releases. Make sure to get out to False Idol Brewery in North Richland Hills today. All right, guys, this is Corey DLG. And with me as usual is little brother Nico wrapping up another exciting edition of Uplate with Nerd Thug Radio. We want to thank you, Night Owls, for hanging out and checking us out and staying with us all night on a Saturday night. Um... By the time you heard this, we were at Titan Comics all day picking up school supplies. So I hope we had a blast and I hope you had a blast hanging out with us. Feel free to uh, come say hi. I hope you did. And uh, we do want to make sure everybody knows about the Adventure Begins Comics Games and more. They are a great, wonderful store right in Conroe, Texas. They do box breaks, though, every week. They just released a brand new one on Thursday. Check their social medias for all of that. It's exciting stuff, and we love those guys. They're awesome. Uh, thank you, everybody, for coming and hanging out with us today on this Saturday night, though. I hope you enjoyed it. The podcast will be dropping tomorrow. And if you can't get enough of us, don't worry. At 3 p.m., there's another podcast that drops on Monday, and it'll be for Nerd Thug Radio, the home show of this show. This is the spinoff, but this is the better show. This, you're getting high-quality spinoff material here. I mean, like, look, spinoffs are always better than the original. They said lying through their teeth. That's, you know what? Like, I, I was thinking about that the other day. I can't think of a good spinoff. There's but, not a lot uh, of them. We're doing like, it right here. Oh, uh, you know you know what was a good one? I lied to you. The Scooby-Doo spinoffs are okay. No, all right, I'm leaving. We're out now. I'm having a little brother, Nico, and myself. Same Nerd Thug time. Same Nerd Thug channel. I want to make thank everybody for listening. Thank you to Titan Comics, Paranormal XL, Geeky Gorgeous, GSK Retro Gaming, uh, I'm sure there's some others that I'm missing because, oh, false out of brewing. Uh, but, yeah, make sure to hang out with us every Saturday at 11 p.m. This has been Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio.